Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to check out The Burnham Project on Substack. You can get Burnham Podcasts. You can read my blogs and all sorts of cool stuff. It can even be sent right into your inbox. You can also watch us on Rumble and YouTube. We like Rumble better, but you can also watch us on YouTube. You can also find Burnham Podcast anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, click the little bells, the Rumble button, whatever the service has to offer. Click it, do that, follow us, tell people about us. Thank you very much. So my guest this time around, you've met him before. You know him. You love him. He's back again. Uh, We talk about modern-day slavery, corruption in the church, and probably all things in between. This is a fantastic episode. Uh, My buddy, Chris Pyle, he's back again. That's what we're into in this episode. Welcome to Burnham Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Burnham. Portland. Yeah, so it was Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's the light. The light's on. Which means that we're live. Are you ready? I caught you with your mouth full. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> so here we are. We're back. Well, Mr. Chris Pyle, you were uh, you were part of an esteemed panel last time and then Yeah, that was fun. It was. We had a good time. Got a lot of good uh, a lot of good feedback on that. We were supposed to do that again today. We were, but uh I'm thinking that Andrew was just wrong because we all thought that it was today. Andrew, God bless you. I think we we're supposed to do another one that day too, but we're Well he was he thought it was gonna be next week. We can do one as opposed day. to this week. We can do another one next week. Maybe yeah. do I have a guest schedule for next week? Have we talked about this? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Are we still recording right now? Did you just turn us off? No, we're still recording. Okay, you just reached down and pushed the button. I wasn't sure. I was unmuting me. Oh, I got you. Tango, back here pushing the buttons, as always. Anyway, we're working out scheduling issues in the middle of an episode. Yeah, that's cool. Neither here nor there. How you been? I'm doing pretty well, man. Good. How long has it been since you were here? Uh, three, four weeks ago. Has it been that long? I don't think it's been too awful long. See, I lose track because we had a bunch of episodes in the can. That we just rolled out. We haven't recorded an episode in... It's been two weeks. You guys were the last ones. It was ones. us then. Yeah. Yeah. And then we put it out pretty soon. And then the trip episode, 111. And then Michael... Trip, no, was Shane. One, trip was 112. And then Shane was one... Yeah, okay. You've been having some good ones, too. Oh, we, I mean, all of them's been man. good. But you've been having some bangers here lately, dude. It's As it turns out, it's about getting the right people sitting across the table from you. Yeah, you know? and you've, you've been doing pretty good with it, too. A good little mix of uh, of uh, content, so that's cool. Thank you. Thank you. It's it just, it, I'm looking at people, and I'm thinking about, you, you think about who would be a good guest. Because I'm always afraid you bring somebody in, you sit them down, and you go, well, what do you think about, you know, X, Y, and Z? And they go, good. That- you know, and then you yeah. gotta like drag them. I'm not a great conversationalist, and I don't want to have to drag somebody through. But then, so there's that element, and then you think, am I interested in talking to this person, or do they have interesting things to say? Like if you listened to the last episode, and it was a flipping hypnotist for Pete's sake. Yeah, you know who don't want to know about hypnotism, right. whether you're you know pro or con or whatever. But uh, but Chris Pyle also has a lot of cool stuff to say. I guess so. Um, my mind works in weird ways. You know, me, you, and uh, the missing one. We'll just refer to him as the missing <laughs> one. You know, when we were... We're just going to drag him for the next hour and a half. Yeah. Well, when we were talking, we got a little group chat, and we were talking about doing this episode and everything. 
<clears throat> while we're having these conversations, this is something that kind of bites me in the tail a lot of times because we're having these conversations and we just so happen to be having them on a day when I'm at work. I'm in mm-hmm. a groove. I'm feeling it. Yeah. And I'll, I feel all holy, holy that day and I'm getting all convicted about stuff and I'm all like, we're going, we should talk about this. And then you're all like, yeah, we'll talk about that. And then we wait a week to film or record and I'm all like, Okay, I was feeling really passionate about that going. last week. <laughs> I got to get passionate about this again. But it's, it's it, hard. You and I have both done it. That, that's what makes it hard to do a solo episode. It is. Unless you're ready to sit down and record it right then. Like right. I, which is what I did for a long time. That's how I was banging out all them episodes because yeah. I'd get uh, triggered by something every <laughs> other day. And I'm like, I better sit down while I'm feeling this and yeah. say a bunch of stuff that's going to make some right people now. upset. But yeah. But what I wanted to talk about was the uh, like modern day slavery, you know, mm-hmm. the cobalt mines. You know, we both listened to the Joe Rogan thing, and he had a guy on there a few weeks ago. I really should say that guy's name to give Man, him his I, credit. I can't tell you. Um, I'm going to look him up. I'll find it here in just it's, a moment. Uh, what was it, episode 1914? Yeah. If that helps in the search. Tango, you on it back there, I see. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. The guy's, name. He, he's he, Indian. But he went, well, first of all, before we even get to that. Let's, yeah, let's preface what we're going into. Here. Yeah, but the way my mind works, okay, so I have these things that keep me up at night. And it's because I overthink absolutely everything. Sure, yeah. And especially when it comes to my faith, mm-hmm. you know, those things that wake me up in the middle of the night is, do I have this right? Have I done this right? Have I done enough? Or um, I'm really not doing anything right now. So if I died right now, what would happen? Right. And I just, my mind stays in this constant little <laughs> churn of trying to figure it out. Okay. So, you know, and one of the things that wakes me up at night is, is, uh, you know, we've both been to a lot of churches. We've left mm-hmm. a lot of churches for good and for bad reasons right. and stuff like that. So it's it's safe to say that within the Christian community here, our body of believers, our brothers and sisters, we have some beefs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have some yeah. beefs. And just because we don't agree doesn't mean that they're not going to go to the same heaven I'm going to go to. Right. So how awkward is that going to be? Like how's God ha- gonna, like, how's God gonna handle that? He's gonna sit us all down uh, like some modern day little self guru guy. About, make his, Let's talk this yeah. out and figure out where both of you were wrong. And we got to wear I, a get along shirt, right? Yeah. Or is it gonna be we just pass each other? You know, every now and then we're just like, mm, I didn't like him when we were doing that whole <laughs> in the meat sack thing. Yeah. You know, when we were yeah. walking around down there. We we didn't jive with each other. Uh, but anyway. Along those lines, the way my mind works, I got to this cobalt thing. You know, I listened to that episode, and it stayed on my mind for days. So, essentially, what you're, the angle that you're coming from is the, the evils that we... Ignore. Ignore, yeah. It's not that we don't see them. You know, we, we choose to turn a blind eye to them because yeah. we get caught up on the same ones over and over. We get caught up on what the media tells us to be mad about. So, right. you know, they know it's going to trigger the conservative type people. It's like, let's get them mad at gay people and just 
immigration and stuff like that. Let's keep them mad about that. And the left side, we're going to keep them mad at those guys. Yeah. So it's always keeping somebody mad at something. And we get mad about the same thing over and over, not realizing that this little device that we're deciding to get on and feel all self-righteous about and uh-huh. stand up on our soapbox and preach on Facebook and Instagram and TikToks and all this stuff, we're sitting here preaching on it. And this thing wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for some kid. It's pretty much a modern day slave yeah. working for a dollar fifty a day. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the, the, the video camera that's, you know, and I'm pro all these things. I love them. I have cameras. Yeah. I, I love my phone. I'm more addicted to it than I need oh, to be. Oh yeah, for sure. But none of it would be possible without intense suffering from somebody. Well, you, you talk about this kid who's digging this mineral out of the ground. Is it, it's called a mineral? I guess it's a mineral. Uh, yeah, some yeah. kind of mineral. So it's in the ground, and you got to dig it up, and you make batteries out of it. So this kid is doing that for a dollar and a half a day or less, maybe. And while he's doing that, he's breathing in the dust. All of it is toxic. and But he's got to keep doing that because there's a guy behind him with a machine gun yeah, who will just shoot him if he stops, and they'll just make somebody else do it. And Man, it's like, I don't know... Like, I know it's modern-day slavery any way you look about it. Yeah. But what's the alternative for these people? Let's say they can uh, escape that situation. I, I want to think, honestly, that a lot of these people that that are doing the work, where they live is where the mine is now. Yeah. So it was all like, hey, you're going to work for us, or you can go fend for yourself, which they were probably already doing it to right. begin with. Right, right. So at first, like, we'll just work for these people, and then we can we don't have to hunt our food anymore. Yeah. So, was that the alternative? To just live off the land, hunt your food? Because to me, it seems way too easy. Yeah, yeah. So, these people have to be forced to do it. Right. You know what I mean? If yeah. you had to look back during slavery in America, if you had told those slaves, hey, you can be free, but you got to live off the land. You can't have anything to do with what we're doing. They would have right. been like, okay, peace. I know how to build a fire. Yeah, all right. I I've been building one stuff. for your lazy self for however many years. Right. I can do it for myself now. But we, you can look back at American history, though, and see, of course, we had our own slavery here, but then that was extended even until, I don't know, I, I would wager that it's still going on now, uh, maybe less, but you look at a place like West Virginia, up in coal country, Pennsylvania, yeah. and you had people that worked for the mine, and you bought your house from the mine, and they paid you in currency that you could spend at the company store so they never you never made any money and, and that's not unique to them either every big company back during the revolutionary you know what are the, the boom the, the whatever, industrial the industrial revolution, revolution. Yeah. yeah there you go you're a little smarter yeah, than yeah. but back in those days everybody did that yeah. ford did that yeah. chevrolet did that all yeah. these all these big plants did that um, back then, and that's exactly what that is. Yeah, it's the same thing. You know, now nobody was holding these people down here in the Lindale Mill, uh, or out in Shannon, or the Selenies, or there's I don't know, there's ten places just around here. Nobody was holding a gun to your head, making no. you do that. But it didn't. It, nothing else made sense. You might as well because they they pay you good, and they and there's this house, and the kids can all play in the neighborhood and walk to school and walk to the store that the mine owned, and you know. Yeah. And, well, that's kind of what's going, what's going on down there is the the choice between working 10, 12 hours or maybe longer, however, you know, they work pretty yeah. long shifts. It's between going here and suffer these 12 hours and get that $1.50 so I can eat today right. or 
I guess the other option is just, you know, go through the rainforest and see if I can scrunch up something to eat. It, but it also seems to me that if that, it's a choice, why wouldn't you choose the other one? So I'm wanting to think, logically, these people are being rounded up and forced work like real slavery. Right. You know what I mean? Because we all like to think, because me and a buddy at work was having this conversation today, like how all of us are slaves. You know what I mean? To we some had, degree, right? We had slavery, yeah. and that was a horrible, horrific thing. But in a sense, we're kind of all slaves now. We're wage slaves is what we're they call it. We're wage slaves, yeah. exactly. And when people, if anybody asks me the biggest piece of advice to give any youth is as soon as you graduate high school, take off. <laughs> yeah. Just go and do before yeah. you get you know, bound down by debt. Mm-hmm. But that's also a very Western way, American way to think about it. We're not slaves. I mean, we, we're we a slave to something. We're like 40% slaves, right? Isn't that what they get 40 cents out of every dollar we yeah. spend? <laughs> yeah, well, one of the, I remember the one of the first times I ever preached or taught from stage by myself. Um, one of the things I did was talk about the meaning of the word captive and one of them, mm. you know, is being held against your will yeah. or whatever. And one of them is being uh, held with that, with the appearance of freedom. There you go. So it, we're almost uh, privileged that we at least get the appearance. It looks fun, uh, right? It, it looks <laughs> like outside, we're free. We look free. It, lo- it looks free. Yeah, it's way yeah. more free than the people down there. Yeah, no, we, we still have it pretty good, even... You know, all things considered. But the big question is, well, okay, what do we do about it? I mean, there's not much we can do about it. One person. Right. It would take a uh, a global effort to do something. Yeah. And, and slavery is supposed to be illegal in all the countries. But from what we yeah. know is that it happens in all the countries. Well, and, and getting ready for this episode today... We listened, we both were talking about different podcast episodes we listened to. I watched a gajillion YouTube videos today. Um, and then I got into the the Uyghurs in China, who are a, a group of Muslim people way out in Western China that are being uh, captured and enslaved by the Chinese government. And then uh, 60 Minutes or somebody goes in and poses as an American business owner and they're like, hey, we need you guys to make some stuff. Can you do it for us? And they're like, oh, yeah, we got a pool of slave labor back here. We can knock your products out. And then they tell them who they are, and then the Chinese people are going, well, you know, the government, the Chinese government has rules that says we can't export slave labor, you know, and products of slave labor. I said, oh, wait a minute, just a minute ago you were telling me, and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. That didn't happen. It was your imagination. Right. So there's slave labor going on, right? And there are laws against it. It's illegal everywhere, except that it's still happening. Everywhere. Because money. Money. And that's what, that's what it comes down to. That's the, the long and the short, right, for the why. Yeah, I guess. I can't make sense. of it. It's like, I want some of the things that money gives you. You know, yeah. I'm a gearhead. I want cars. and you know, a cool I, motorcycle, I, I, yeah. I, you know, I want to be an idiot like that. <laughs> But I don't understand this constant need for more. It's like when you hear the Bezos guy, he only, he's got, what, billions of dollars? Yeah, untold. Who knows? How are you still going to work? I, <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? And now yeah. they're like having a competition who can build the biggest spaceship, him or Elon Musk. This is rich people stuff. Yeah. I can't, in my own conscience, I don't care if I had these billions of dollars, be like, I've got to build me a spaceship. Hey, man, there's starving people. 
<laughs> all yeah. over the place. No, I need a spaceship, dude. Yeah, I gotta get yeah. the heck off this planet because right. poor people are here. Yeah. The only people <laughs> that's gonna be on Mars is rich people. Right. Um, but yeah, I just I do not get that that greedy it's never enough mindset. Well, we've all got this hole, right? Everybody's got the hole in our soul or in whatever you want to call it. Um, and we try to fill it with things. And those of us who are believers fill that hole with Christ, right? Yeah. And sometimes we tell ourselves it's not enough and we chase money or we chase fame or, or whatever. But these people that don't have Christ, nothing else will fill that hole. So whatever they're into is to such extreme because they think if I get a little bit, I've got a billion, but if I have 10 billion, that'll be enough. And then you make 10 billion. And well, it wasn't as much as I thought. I'd like to have a hundred billion. And so it just goes on forever and ever. And it's never enough. And before you know it, you've enslaved an entire class of people in a foreign country to make parts for your product that you're selling for gajillions of dollars. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they pay these people a buck and a half a day or they've got to pay you $20 an hour. And I'm like, well, we can make a lot more money. Well, the guy was saying on that podcast, they could pay them people $10 a day. Yeah. And it would completely transform these people. Their whole lives. life would be different. Their whole life. And it would be literally just a drop in a bucket as far as out of their profit. They're already right. making bukus. You're pulling a mineral out of the ground, which, yes, it costs money, the machinery and stuff like that. But the point the dude was making is they're not doing it with a lot of machinery. Most of this is hand yeah, they just got hands humans, or shovels. Yeah. Humans with hand tools digging this big, big yeah. hole in the earth. Yeah, the biggest cost, I guess, they're up against is probably shipping. Yeah. So you're essentially getting a mineral out of the earth for free. You're paying or you're getting paid bukus of money for it because everybody's yeah. got to have it now. Yeah. And it's still just not enough. Like you could completely, you could be the savior of these people. Right. And give them $10 a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole place wouldn't cost you as much money as this one shift at a, an American plant. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the whole day. Yeah. And they would still be making bukus a dollar. I just don't get why people can, or how people can be so oblivious and entitled, I guess. Yeah. Well, you got, you know, you got the CEO and then you've got the vice president and you've got all these people and they've all got to have, you know, a, a, a million boat. dollar bonus at the end of the year. And a, yeah. And a boat and a fourth house and corporate America know. is useless. Oh yeah. It's completely yeah. useless. It's evil. You got all these corporate people at the top that are not doing anything to make the product. Did we talk about this last time? Yeah, we did. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I have a. I just had a little deja vu thing. That's why I went back to work where I'm working right now. Yeah, you know, I still have plans to do more, you know, in the future. But for the time being, I, I had to get away from any kind of big company. I just cannot yeah. stand it. I can't be a part of. It. I worked at Toyo for a while years ago. Worst yeah. job. Oh, never had they're never going to sponsor the show now. <laughs> yeah, well, I, hey, no, I'm, I'm sorry not. to waste uh, your time there, Toyo. Yeah. But you wasted a lot of mine. Uh, horrible, horrible place to work for. You're going to find that in a lot of corporate companies. Now, yeah, though. yeah. Well, when you're easily replaceable, right? Like when you know the person you work for doesn't care about you. Like if you didn't show up where you work now, people would go, man, where, where's Chris? What's going on with Chris? If you didn't show up for a shift at Toyo, they'd go get somebody else in here. Yeah. You know, and that'd be the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you talk about a, a big company versus you're at a mom and pop deal now. Yeah. And that's which a is whole the way, different world. Which is the way I would 
probably do it forever if I could. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's this. I don't understand the greed. I don't understand the uh, the never ending need to suppress other people so you can live the life you want to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's the means of production, right? And if you can make that cheaper, we we're still doing it. We talked about the 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 old factory model, the mills where the mills owned everything here in America. But you look at illegal immigrants, and you get them to come in here, and they'll do anything for a dollar an hour. Well, like, well, I don't want to pick watermelons. That's a rotten job. You know, I, I would just rather not. Like, I'd almost just never eat watermelons again if I was the one that had to go out and pick them. Yeah. But if I was going to, you got to pay me to do it. Well, this other guy, he'll do it, you know, gladly for almost nothing. And then where they were losing money, you know, they're paying me ten bucks an hour. They're paying him a dollar. So now they're making an extra nine dollars an hour. But they don't care if he dies in the field. They'll just drag him off and bring another person well, in. The difference in that situation, like I'm not going to justify it, but the difference in that situation is uh, the people are coming here to get that opportunity. Right. Yeah. And down there, they're being forced into the opportunity. Yeah, well, the, the machine yeah. gun is a different... The machine gun's yeah. a, a different uh, motivation. Right, yeah. But, yeah, I get it. I'll never be mad for anybody trying to come over here and mm-hmm. make a life for themselves. Yeah. I can well, never be... I, I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, I think it's so weird that humans are the only ones that put these imaginary lines where you can't go <laughs> here. You have to stay within... You were born in this radius. Yeah. So you have to stay here unless you get a little special stamp book or whatever. Then you can go over to those people's side of the yeah. line. I think I was watching like one of the new... uh Nature deals on Netflix or something where it's just showing you all this awesome stuff. I'm like, that fish can swim from the tip of Florida all the way over to Russia. Wherever if he, he can wants, make right? it without getting eat, right? Yeah. He can go wherever he wants. There's no lines, but yeah. us for some reason we we got to draw put these our lines, borders. We got to right? draw our borders up, and this is our side, and you stay on your side. I'm like, yeah, it's really not. Who decided that? Well, but again, I think that's that's got to be a money thing on some level, right? And I mean, yeah. even even looking at our money versus your money, because when we draw these lines, we have different currencies and things also, and we try to make ours better than yours. And you want to buy ours from us because it's better, and whatever. But it's, uh, I mean, the love of money. Let's get that straight, right? The love of money, not money itself, because you can have money and it's good, and you got to buy things and whatever and pay bills. But the love of money is the root. Of all kinds of evil. All, I'm glad you said all kinds. A yeah. lot of people leave that out and they say all evil. I'm like, no, nah, there's some other evil that don't come from money. <laughs> right. Yeah. All kinds of evils. Yeah. All different says. types yeah. of evil. So, I mean, to the point of enslaving another human being, owning another person. I can't wrap my brain around owning a person. You know, like we've got our kids that we're responsible for, but it's not like we own them. Like they're producing something for us. And that's what our entire relationship is based on. Yeah. Now, the other way around, I think might be the case because my kids only love me when I make sure the lights are on right. you know, and they got stuff in the refrigerator or whatever. <laughs> but no, it ain't like that. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, to, to, to think about enslaving somebody so I can make a few more dollars. Well, I mean, what do we do about it, though? I mean, the only thing I can really think, you know, because we get, we fall into, the, I wanted to talk about the culture of consumerism. Sure. It's because, we feel like if I don't get the newest iPhone this year, mm-hmm. I'm not as cool as my buddy. Right. Yeah. I got the 12. My buddy's got the 14. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I got to get that 14 as soon as yeah. I can, or I'm not as cool as my buddy. Uh, I'm looking around in here right now, and I'm counting 
rechargeable batteries. What you got, Tango? Oh, you just like you had something on the tip of your tongue. Um, we've got six, five, six rechargeable batteries here in the room with We're us. We're probably forgetting more. Those headphones I'm sure. got them probably. Yeah, they do. And phone, 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 remote. And I got a laptop over here laptop. in this yeah, I mean, center in my helmet. Yeah. I got a iPad, camera, batteries, batteries, batteries. See, now we're already up oh, yeah. about 10, We 12. got 10, yeah. Yeah. I've what? got probably six camera batteries in the car plus the battery in the Jeep. Yeah. And it's all, okay, so how how do we combat this? It's going to be a little bit of, uh, you know how much it would hurt if everybody didn't rush out and renew? Like, what if everybody, everybody, I'm talking about whatever phone we got right now, we just make it work for the next two years. Let's see. I got, what is my, this is an 11? I've already had this I one two years. It's a, this is an iPhone, so I'm, it's, I'm it's a year and its mind. expiration date. Yeah. As nice as it looks still, and it works pretty good. <laughs> Any day now, for no reason, right? it's going to quit taking a charge. That cobalt's going to wear out or mm-hmm. something, whatever it is. And I'm all like, so what do we do about it? Well, the point I wanted to I wanted to talk about it, just so there's probably a few people that's going to listen to this podcast that would never go listen to the other one that we've referenced um, and have probably never heard about it. Yeah. So at least that's a little something. Yeah. Make people yeah. aware that just some happens. awareness. Yeah. Um, that's not the only place it happens. You know, most of our clothes, probably most of the clothes we're all wearing right now. I tried researching these shoes before I bought them, but they did come from some other country yeah. they were made over there. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? These shoes could have been made in a sweatshop too. Right. But here in America. It's a scene from that movie I wanted us to all watch together. I saw it on one of the trailers. It's where the demon's telling the dude, the nefarious or whatever. Yeah. He's all like, you got athletes that cry racism while wearing shoes made by children, slave labor. Yeah. And I'm all like, bingo. That's the name of the game, You know right? what I mean? That's how spoiled America is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People ranting and raving on a device made with slave labor, wearing clothes that was made with slave labor. But as long as we don't talk about it, we can act like it don't happen. Well, that's the, we can't see it, right? It's not, you know, we're here in Georgia and it's not happening. There's some other terrible things happening there, but it's not happening in Atlanta, right? We can't ride out to the edge of town and see people digging these, these cobalt mines or, you know, making, you know, which I talked about the Uyghurs earlier, they're picking cotton in China. They're slaves. They're out in the field picking cotton that make our clothes when you see on your tag that it says it comes from China. But we we choose to ignore these things because we, we know they're here. We know enough about them to know that, that this stuff's happening. Yeah, what you can see in Atlanta, I think you pay attention enough and ride around long enough, is probably the how we're the hub of sex trade. Oh, yeah, like, the like, world like, hub. Yeah, yeah, we're like the world hub yeah. of sex trafficking. You can see that somewhat. And we turn a blind eye to that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, they made a choice to do that. Not all of no, them. No, not all of them. Yeah. Not all of them. There's well, a- and it may have been a choice initially, but then it's now something they can't get out yeah. of because they are owned by somebody else. And or, or, and not only that, even if let's say, I don't even know how to word this. Let's say somebody has made a decent life for themselves living that life. They yeah. don't have a pimp or whatever, but right. they've somehow found a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. You can go do what you're doing, making Lord knows how much money they're making yeah. doing what they're doing. Or you can go in this hot factory and work like a and slave. get a job. Yeah. For $19 an hour. Right. Which one you, I mean, if you're already done it, you know, yeah. obviously they're going to stay in that. Right. So if there's no support for those people either, because we just look down on them. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. They're prostitutes or they're this, that, and they're, they're tainted. 
they're they're broken. We can't mess with those people. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's wrong too. Well, so was the woman at the well, right? And Jesus right. had time for her. So I mean, you you got to love these people regardless. I think we do a bad job of that. We do a very bad job at it. Yeah. We get too caught up on the on the status quo things to be upset yeah, about. We ain't yeah. got time to worry about new stuff. We're too worried about we, the newest phone to come yeah. out, right? We don't have new issues to go into our, our thought box. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know. That's just how my mind works. It's it's messed up. It's uh it's it I I get fixated on those kind of things. Yeah. And I'll try to think of it from every angle possible. And yeah, that's where it's got to start, though. You you ask, what can we really do about this stuff? Well, it's got to start with people putting it on their radar. Yeah. Right? And and you ended up there through a stream of consciousness. It wasn't like you just imagined one day, I'm going to dig all this stuff up and research it. But that's where it's got to start. It's got to start with somebody going, this is a bad thing. And and at least have the, the, the question in mind, what can we do about it? Yeah. Well, then you make a podcast about it, right? Yeah. And now, you know, a couple of hundred, you know, a thousand people. Dozens and, or couples and couples of people. Couples and couples. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always our joke, right? It's right. more than that. But uh, just, yeah, awareness is where it starts. But then still, what do we do about it? You know, because I'm not not going to use my phone. You know, and I'm not, I don't know where these shoes were made or this shirt came from or but I can't stop wearing clothes because I can't find one that's made. You that's know, the here catch twenty two of the whole thing, right? That that's the kicker of the whole thing. Yeah, we have become dependent on slave labor. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. no other way to put it. Yeah, we have become dependent on. I mean, it, it's really not anything new. No, it's I think not. I've heard a comedian say this. I've referenced a lot of comedians. Do it, yeah. But it was, uh, how do you think the pyramids got built? How anything great ever. How did this country get built? We threw a lot of human suffering at it yeah. until it was done. Yeah. That's how the pyramids yeah. got built. That's how all these great marvels in the country we look at, the the the, the Empire State Building, all this stuff we used yeah. to marvel at. Well, it was built off the blood, sweat, and pain from other people. So now we can yeah. sit back and look at it and go, man, it sure is pretty. But we feel okay because we paid them for it, right? Yeah. Well, you know, a nickel an hour or whatever they were making yeah. way back. I but, mean, the Statue of Liberty was probably put together by like Irish immigrants, pretty much slave labor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just a, a, a different people at a different time. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's the blind eye thing, right? Because you talk off air just before we started about the people in these corporations, the top dogs in the corporation, not knowing where their stuff even comes from. Yeah, they have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea. I mean, anybody that's worked in a, a big plant, let's say uh, we live in the area, well, we're in the land of carpet mills. Where yeah. We're, at, we're like carpet mill capital of the planet, yeah, I believe. Yeah, we're a bunch of them around here. Uh, there's Nobody that's ever worked in them plants can really tell you, yeah, the president comes by every day. He comes out here <laughs> yeah. and runs the carpet with us. And yeah. He's out here blood, sweat, and, you know, loading these trucks with us. That's not the way it happens. Yeah. But they're the ones making all these people rich. Yeah. I know. There's probably a lot of conservative people like, Chris, you teetering on that line? Uh, sounding like a, uh, what, what's the word? The, the I, socialist. Am or I the, sounding like a socialist uh, maybe, a little bit? Yeah. Nah, I'm just... I want people to get uh, treated fairly. And if that oh. means I'm a socialist, I don't think it does because I believe yeah. you still should pay your own way. Yeah. But you should have the opportunity to do so. Well, anybody that starts a business does that to make money. Like that's just the way it is. And if you're not making money as a business, you can't stay open. 
So like, that's cool, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, when is enough enough? Right. And I think, and that's where the line gets blurred. Um, but we've done episodes on, we talked about like Joel Osteen, you know, and, and Joel Osteen, maybe he's the most, he's not, he's definitely not the most sound theologian in the world. he's preaching all this great stuff at his church and he's driving a Ferrari. He's living in a castle. Right. God bless him. You know, I, I was at a church once and anybody listening to this will remember it and I will never be allowed to go back. <laughs> but, uh, I went to a church once where the pastor was given a house. He had a pastorium and he had X number of dollars per month to up for upkeep, you know, that he had to do himself, but we gave him the money for it. We gave him a car allowance. Him and his wife saved their car allowance for like 15 years and bought a brand new SUV and a Mustang at the same time. Pay cash for them all the way out. Can't be mad at that. I couldn't be mad at that, but a lot of folks were. You gave them the budget. That was my point, right? And that's what it came back to. So at the end of the day, maybe Joel Osteen's church has given him, and he writes books and things, and he makes money, but he's driving around a Ferrari. I think it's the F450. It's really nice. Well, but, none of them are cheap. Yeah, You're right. You're not buying any of these at the local uh, yeah, buyer uh, pay. not down here at the used car lot, yeah. But so he makes his money, and that's, that is what it is. But while you're driving in this Ferrari through this neighborhood, how many kids in that neighborhood don't have shoes, you know, or don't know where their next meal's coming from or, and, you know, and we get into these big cathedral churches that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just to operate as opposed to planting 10 little churches that are functioning in the community and not spending resources on a facility. And here's a, here's another angle from it. That's bad. I do not like Joe Osteen at all. No. I, I don't. I don't feel like I even have to try to hide that. Yeah, right. I think he's a phony. He's a fake. He's a yeah. motivational speaker. He's not a man of God. The dude hardly ever says the word Jesus. Yeah. That I've ever, I don't know how many times I've ever heard him say. Of course, I ain't listened to him a whole lot. Yeah. But what he's done, we consider very, very evil. But how much crap have I bought and have laying around my house? That I don't even use. Yeah. That, that money would have been better yeah. suited put in the hands of some homeless guy on the corner. Right. I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. As much no, as we all is. are. I just haven't done millions of dollars worth. Right. Um, it's I've easier done. to point the finger yeah. though, right? It, it the, is easier. He's the bad guy. He, yeah. he, well, he is a bad guy. Yeah. You know, um, but we'll be judged the way we judge others. So that's probably going to be something God bring up with me too. Like, hey, you know you get, what? Yeah. yeah, what he did was pretty bad, but you did the exact same thing, just not on that big a level. Right. But, you know, learn from my mistakes. Learn from his mistakes. Uh, don't be like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the, I, the whole, uh, we'll get off on a whole nother episode if we start talking about prosperity gospel. <laughs> right. We've probably already talked about it before, but uh, yeah, I've always sure. got room. I've always got time to uh, to bash prosperity gospel. Oh, yeah. Any day of the week. I don't know, but there, there's people that buy it, though, man, and they think that if they stay in that, They'll be the ones at the end of the day with all the money. Well, here's a question I asked our buddy Scooter the other day, because I was actually listening to a thing on uh, Osteen and mm-hmm. Copeland and all these guys, uh, like a little deal a guy had put together. It was very informative. Anyway, all these guys, I don't even, we, how long have we been on? We got time for this? Okay. Yeah, we haven't been on that long. Okay. Um, so these people, there's people out there. 
I know we're changing gears a little bit, but there's people out there that send their last dollar to these people. These Kenneth Copelands. Yeah. What's the other guy, the white-haired guy? Oh, uh, Duplantis. Uh, Duplantis. Duplantis. There you go. So we got people, these old people that ain't got a lot, they're living on fixed income, and they're sending every spare penny they can to these people. Mm -hmm. Now, me and you know these people are phony. They're fake. They're false prophets. They're, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. Right. We know all this, but these people don't know it. Yeah. So who's to say? Uh, just go with me here. I ain't saying this is fact. I ain't saying this is the way it works. But what if this has some truth to it? What if these people are being blessed somehow, but it's their faith that they're doing something that's glorifying God? You know, in their yeah. heart, I'm giving money to Jesse Duplantis to help expand God's kingdom. Right. In their heart, they're giving that money for the right yeah, reason. Yeah. Now, he's taking it for the wrong reason. Right. But who's to say these people aren't being oh, blessed? Oh, yeah. No, those people... They're getting their blessing. Now they're, you know, I don't know that that's going to make them rich one day. I don't know. What no, I don't think do. they, they get rich. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, but they're doing something out of they faith. They feel like Maybe it's the right they thing. didn't catch COVID that month and they came in contact with a few people caught COVID. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. But it's just, uh, what if these people are getting some blessings from their own faith, yeah. even though they're buying into something that's bullcrap? Right. I don't think the, those people are going to be judged for giving money to yeah, I don't think Creflo so Dollar, whoever, you know. Um, but those guys that are receiving that money and the ways that they're receiving it, there's, there's going to be judgment there. About, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I put my phone face down while we do this because every time it lights up, I'll look at it. Uh-oh. We're falling apart here, Tango. That's all, guys. Gang Jamie? Where's our producer, <laughs> man? Are we still on? Yeah. Do you still hear me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good deal. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just another way to think. Uh, I thought about it the other day. I'm like, man, these people, if they're giving out of the goodness, because the Bible says give out of the goodness of your heart, you'll be right. judged by your heart. So these people are still on the good side of it, yeah. regardless of the crap they're buying into. They're Right, they're being taken for a ride, Yeah, but their heart is in the right place. And I don't know, but again, that's one of those things, what do you do about that? You know, you can talk to people that you know and go, hey, that guy, I wouldn't give my money to him. You know, that's easy for me to sit here as a pastor and go, you shouldn't give your money to him, but I know a place where you can deposit a big check. <laughs> you can do it by text or by email. Yeah, we got the cash app. Our, we... <laughs> uh, yeah, PayPal. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I don't know. It's very disappointing. It is. Well, and that's... Not entirely, I don't know, it's different than holding a machine gun to somebody and making them yeah. dig a mineral this out of the ground. A part about it for me is a lot of people look at because, I mean, we're not the only ones that think the Osteens and the Planets and all this are, you know, false teachers and bad mm -hmm. people. People that aren't even believers look at those people and go, man, that's what the Christians are. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. what they're all about. They well, look in the eyes of Copeland and they're all like, that's Christianity. Yeah. That dude that just had to buy that plane and all that. And I'm all right. like, man, that's why we get such a bad rap. Yeah. Well, they're better at getting their faces on on screen than we are. Right? They've done a really good job of marketing themselves and getting their voice out. And people, you know, Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis, Osteen's a little more recent. Those guys have been around for 50 years. And they've gotten their name out. They've gotten their face out. Well, if you just send me like second generation, yeah, guy. his dad was yeah. a, was a pastor too, and so he got a little bit of a head start coming in. But something uh, tells me this what he's doing ain't what his dad was doing. Like I don't know that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know much about his dad, but I I gotta feel like 
he might have deviated a little bit. Yeah, I had to feel like they wouldn't have flown back then. I know. I don't think so. I don't think in, a, think in previous we generations. Were little, little. Yeah. I mean, we had what? We had uh, we had Swagger. That was our Jimmy big, Swagger. That was yeah. our big uh, church corruption of our childhood. Oh, was the Swagger thing. That was. I remember when that went down. When I was, I don't know, eight, nine. Yeah. I thought, man, Jimmy Swagger, like really? We went and saw him in Atlanta one time. Did you? Yeah, and we uh car got broken into and had a flat tire on the way there. Like I don't think we were supposed to go. But we came out from this church service to seeing Swagger and oh, our windows man. busting out of our car. Not yeah. exactly prospering down there, were you? <laughs> nah. I mean, who's to know? Maybe one of his helpers is going out there taking extra offerings out of the car. Maybe. Know. Maybe. Golly. But you know, like uh you look at Benny Hinn. You know, Benny Hinn. Yeah, is. yeah, Costa Hinn. Yeah, that's here? what I was going to bring yeah. up. So he's come out now and, like, totally spilled the beans. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. But the dude, is what's so awesome about the Costa Hinn guy is he tells his story, but he's not telling it from a, I was a part of this crap, Yeah, and it's all crap. He's like, no, the Lord's still real, but yeah. what they're doing is crap, and I got to let you know about it. Yeah, I think it's awesome that he maintained his faith after coming through something like that, right. having realizations he did and leaving. No, yeah, it would be easy to go, this is what Christianity is, and I don't want any part of that, Yeah, even though that was my uncle, and I loved him, and you know, all that good stuff. He still does love his uncle, but it's you look at that, and you go, well, man, what is that, and why are we doing it that way, and... I don't want any part of this, so I'm either not going to do anything at all or I'm going to worship something, you know, entirely different. But uh, yeah, he comes out and spills the beans. He says, I was a catcher. Yeah. And you I've know, been a catcher. I don't think I've ever been a catcher before. I, I was a part of the whole little charismatic deal there for a little while. <laughs> we, we went to one of those churches when I was little. I used to scare me to death when the preacher would stick his hand out and I'd be like, eh, no, I saw what happened to the last guy. He yeah, his hand. He fell over and <laughs> seized you. touched him and he was gone. I'm not a part of that. Yeah, I don't need it. I'm going to get the snakes out while I'm asleep. Oh, man. You ever been to one of those churches? No, sir. And you won't catch me at one either unless it's the... You've been to one, Tango? Have you been been to the same one I went to? The one out in... uh, Whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) It's no longer there, but yeah. There's only one, wasn't there? Kingston? Yeah. I tried to go forever. I knew a girl that went there, and I tried to get her to take us forever, and she was like, it ain't really like that. Like, we don't really do, like, visitors. They, we don't do this. Yeah, <laughs> no, they, they don't. didn't. They, they don't. wasn't. They didn't like want people just to show up because they had snakes and it was weird, you know. And but uh, we talked her into. I don't know. We talked her into it if we just showed up one time. Um, we were not welcome, and it was scary, and we didn't stay the whole time. But uh, you were there. And they they got snakes out while you it, were there. No, they hadn't gotten them out yet because like, it wasn't. I don't know. They didn't do it like the whole time. There was a point I, where they brought them out. I'm never going to intentionally walk into a building with a bunch of snakes in it unless it has the word zoo or aquarium. Well, I thought it. it was funny, right? Because we're in high school, and I was like, oh, this is funny. We'll do this. We'll go to this place. And we get there, and I'm like, as I'm walking in the door, I'm like, so where are the snakes right now? <laughs> right? Know, we're looking. Did they just like, let them crawl like, around like nah, neighborhood yeah, I guess or? in this big box, and they would like open the box and get them out. But the deal was... If I had six snakes and you only had five, I was more faithful than you. Is that right? Yeah, my faith is stronger what about than the yours. Same part of the, they based their whole religion or their whole theology on that one. On they, picking they don't up drink, serpents. They don't drink poison. Well, maybe. I are they in there holding snakes, drinking rat poison, just having a good old? I never holy saw time. anybody drink rat poison, but I. T- 
Sounds people, like the Kool-Aid cult. <laughs> right? People die in those places, though, because they get bit by one of these snakes and they won't get medicine for it. Like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be okay. And they got, meanwhile, you know, they got a copperhead chewing on their neck. Yeah. And they're just like, no, I'm good. I'm all right. While they, like, seize up and, you My know. My faith will heal me. Yeah. And Holy Spirit's like, the doctor can do it, too. I know, right? Like, if you'll just go see him. We gave him some knowledge. It's going to hook you yeah. up, son. I mean, we talk about handling serpents, right? But... Bible also says, don't tempt God. You know, yeah. like you don't just be like, well, God will take care of me if I just go, you know. And I remember even, uh, what was the guy's, the writer, uh, Hunter S. Thompson, who said, uh, and he was certainly not a believer by, you know, evidence in his life or whatever, but he said, call on God, but row away from the rocks. Right. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. don't, don't put yourself in a place. To be like, okay, God, you got to bail me out now. Like, after you've been bitten by the snake that you were picking up. Like, yeah. Too late now, pal. I mean, like, he might choose to save you, but that's not, you know, typically how that works. I have faith in God, and I walk by faith, but I keep the Glock on me. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. For sure. And I'm not picking up a snake. Right? I'm going to get rid of the snakes, man. <laughs> no, no, but it's, but again, that's one of those things that, people look at and that's the joke we still make today i don't know where there's a a snake handling church anywhere i couldn't take you to one i don't now. think they exist anymore they i may think not not in any that's big number got anyway. to be something that's phasing out gotta be gotta be but it's something that the joke that people still make when like with our church because we're, we're we do things different from a lot of churches and uh people and when you start explaining these things to people and they go well, what do y'all want in snake handling churches Oh, uh-huh, you know, that's funny. Whatever. Like, I hadn't heard that before. But uh, that's always the joke people make when you talk about what you do at church. And, you know, or we get comparing one church to another and you go, well, they got the snake handling church over there. And yeah, I don't know. But that's people, a lot of people's idea of Christianity, though. Like we were talking about earlier with these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, whatever's the most entertaining is what's going to get media attention. Yeah. So you got your Osteens and their Benny Hinn. Because Benny Hinn, it's entertaining to watch. Oh, yeah. When he takes his jacket off. Yeah. And, and starts the whole crowd hitting, falls. Yeah, with the magic jacket. Yeah, know? yeah. But then when you listen to the Costi Hinn and you figure out that that whole 10 rows is all like paid staff. Right. That yeah. are there to do the show. They're there to fall down when he waves his jacket. They yeah. have weeders that weed away people with serious injuries yeah. to not go up there and get healed. Justin Peters talks about that. Well, Justin Peters went to one. Yeah, he's he's in a wheelchair, has been his whole life, and went hoping to be healed. And they were like, nope, nope not you, because you have a legitimate... Uh, and ever since then, he has been on a, uh, a little... Uh, he's been on one. <coughs> He goes after those guys pretty hard. He goes well, after. He, he a, should. He goes after a lot of guys pretty hard. He should. Um, Him and the old wretched guy—they're kind of on the same. Yeah, level. Uh, Todd uh, Frile. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of on the same level. Yeah, but I mean, we have to do that, and I need to be better about it. Calling out false teachers, I, I try to do the best I can, but I'm not. I don't know. I feel like there are not enough hours in the day to keep up with all these people. There's <laughs> really not. Yeah. You know, and when we think about it. Cause I get caught up on it too. Yeah. And I feel like most of our conversations and a lot of our podcasts usually circles around to some kind of beef we have yeah. with the church, yeah. you know, and it, it maybe part of this is working out our salvation. We're working it out. Right. You know, and we're having conversations and maybe there's people out there that struggle with these same thoughts and they think they're some kind of bad person. They're the only one thinking it. They're like, Nope, yeah. here are these two guys are thinking the same thing. Exactly. 
but you that's, know. The, that's the, our idea though behind this podcast and i was sharing with shane clements about the same thing <laughs> what we're trying to do here is tell people who we are as believers like who people are as believers and you know last week we had a hypnotist in here and now we've got chris Pyle, who's a, a machinist and is an opinionated fellow and we had you know opinionated had, is a lot opinionated way right yeah i'm like uh i think i'm the hippie christian guy maybe you know so I'm, yeah. I'm definitely the hippie christian guy that's and, fair i think yeah that's opinionated yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. I want peace, love, and for everybody. For sure, yeah. That's, what, that's my desire. Yeah. You know, I don't want to. But that's who you are, and that's what people need to see as opposed to Magic Jacket guy and Ferrari F450 guy. And yeah, I mean, I 458 Italian. 450, okay. Oh, All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's not proven. It's not proven, supposedly. My brother saw him driving the car. <laughs> He's in Houston and pulls up at a red light, and then here comes Smiley O'Reilly right next oh, to him. Oh, man. And he looks, Smiley O'Reilly. And he's oh. like, Joel Osteen. the 458, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, whether or not the media has confirmed yeah. it, Drew um, saw it. Drew knows. If you listen to the podcast before, you've heard Drew probably way back. First twenty episodes or so. Yeah, he had one with him in it in a while. Yeah, well, he you, lives in Nebraska now. It's tough to get him on. Would you count Hillsong's Carl Lentz in those people? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that he's, one hits you in the face. He's out of ministry now, though, right? Yeah. There, well, I mean, there are two good documentaries. There's one on HBO Max about the whole thing, and what's it called? Um, Hillsong something. It's, it's it? Hillsong something, and then there's um. The new one that came out on Hulu that's releasing weekly. Oh, it's on Hulu. There's one on Hulu and one on Max. And I mean, they I've listened, are I've listened to some podcasts. Amazing. Uh, okay. I didn't check those out. And whoever's yeah. you, listener, you guys check that out too. Yeah. I, it kind of opened up some some wide eyes on Hillsong stuff. And I was like, this is somebody who like my generation, the the millennials, yeah. that's our old Steve. Well, that's the thing, right? Because how many churches are singing their music and putting their name up on the screen? When yeah, they, they get the, the credit to them and yeah. everything. Well, there's a license, and I forget the name of the it. CCL license. There you go. I I like when know. I came into the faith, that the Hillsong thing was just getting really big, mm-hmm. and the old school stuff was just kind of dying out a little bit. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. It was some older school dude named Chris something and all that. And was it the Johnson guy? Or was that know. the Bethel? Those are the Bethel people, the Johnsons. Uh, Along the same line. I think so. Yeah. But the Hillsong thing was getting pretty big. Yeah. And I like some of their stuff. You know what I mean? Talented I, folks, man. Yeah. And not all of their music is theologically incorrect. Yeah. You know, which is the hang up. I, I really don't know. I mean, I kind of have my beef with the whole charismatic movement yeah um because i've been through it yeah and everything um but when you go to those things like i've never been to a hillsong concert but i have been to some hillsong type concerts yeah equally good artists and all that stuff and they get in the groove and you really do it's an emotional experience right it's very uh uplifting Mm -hmm. and you leave feeling great it's awesome yeah but i don't think it's necessarily on point theologically well that's what i mean not all of the songs are incorrect theologically but so many of them are you know you could they they talk about you could take jesus's name out and his name is not even in a lot of them but and put my boyfriend in there it'd be a love song and it'd be the same thing well i will tell you this much i mean i guess i'll speak about my experience with a little bit there's probably a few people that'll listen to this that was uh that knew me and went to school or went to church with me then. So if I hurt your feelings and you're listening, I'm sorry. I really don't care though. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so 
the thing that gets you about that, or the thing that got me anyway, is that very thing. It's a play on emotions. Yeah. And when you're feeling broken and you're already feeling down, it really don't take that much of a push to get you there. Yeah. But anyway, I was on, I was just going to call it, I was with a team. I was with a team and we did uh, services. We'd do some big stuff downtown. Um, I swear I love you if you're listening to this and you're one of them people. I don't hold it against you. It is, you know, I feel like there was some stuff that went on that uh, I'm not exactly proud of. Yeah. And one of those being is I was running sound for one of these events. Mm. And we had a guest speaker come. The first thing that makes me upset about this is every time we'd have these guest speakers, it was like we were expected to roll out the red carpet like these people were royalty. Right. And that's something I've always struggled with in my walk. Is like, no, I'm a, I'm a person just like you're a person. Yeah. We both believe yeah. in the same God. We both got the same Holy Spirit. I never understood why people had to leave their church and go to a conference right. to come back full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, did he yeah. leave here and meet y'all there? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> is he not every? Why do you have to leave your church family? Right. To go get full of the Holy Spirit. Why can't we do that here? Anyway, I'm running sound that night. The dude gets up there. He does his little, his, his, one of his speeches, you know, lessons, whatever. We had many lessons that day. Mm -hmm. He was one of the first ones. Well, he was going to close out the night too. But before he goes on stage, he comes over to the booth where I'm running sound. And he's like, hey man, I got to have this particular song. And I knew the song he was talking about. Mm -hmm. This is one of them songs where if you just imagine the name Jesus and hear the song, you're going to cry. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of them. And it was like, it has to be that song. And I'm all like, I don't know if I've got it in this system. I, mm -hmm. uh, this ain't our church. It was a borrowed space. I right. don't, let me see if I can work this out for you. Three or four times this dude came over there before he had to go up on stage. You got that song ready? Finally, yeah, I got it ready. Oh, man. So at, before he gets on stage, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this just don't feel right to me. Yeah. I just don't. I don't cost a hen moment. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not digging this. And he gets up there and he even told me, I'm going to get up there, give me about X amount of minutes and then start playing that song. Yeah. Fade it in. You fade uh, it in. So it starts out real low, fade it in. And I do it, and exactly what I thought was going to happen was going to happen. Everybody crying, ran down everybody front. Everybody crying, ran down front, <laughs> got knocked out. Uh, uh, you know, did the whole Benny Hinn thing, just not with a, a white coat. And it was then I was all like, you know what? I think I'm about done with this charismatic thing. Yeah. Well, you can go. I've been to secular concerts before where the lights come on and the bass line drops and the lyrics kick in and the hair on the back of your neck stands up. Yep. And you go, man, that's awesome. And then you get that in church and you go, well, that must be the Holy Spirit that's that's doing this. And we'll it's like, play on your emotions. It could be the lights and the sound and fog machine kicks. I always go back to the fog machine. The fog machine kicks on at the right second. Yeah. Holy Spirit. And I've had those arguments at... A few churches I've went to, yeah. you know, when it's the, you know, we, we love to talk about the smoke machines and the lights and everything, but it seems like that's the thing I always have the conversations with the people I go to church with, yeah. especially when they're like, we got to get up here on Friday night. We got a special thing Sunday. We're going to work all weekend to get the lights set up. And yeah. I'm all like, you want me to take time away from my family <laughs> to come up here and make some lights for some mood you're yeah. trying to set? Yeah. No, man, the, the word of God do what it's supposed to do. Right. 
You know, I'm okay with putting some emotions into it. You mm. should be emotional it about the gospel. It should be an emotional thing, yeah. You should be very emotionally attached to the gospel yeah. that you're trying to spread. But you shouldn't be trying to coax people into an emotional experience to up your ego, to make you look good. Because for the people that don't rush to the stage crying, everybody's looking around going, well, that dude just got all these people very emotional. Yeah. They're all having a spiritual moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's well, and wrong then you with go, me? Right. What's wrong with me? Why didn't I get that? Whereas, and, I, and I've had the emotional moments, but more often than not, I've had the what's wrong with me moments. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a very, uh, I'm a very, I'm not a loud worshiper. I, yeah. People that do it and are free worshipers, sometimes it freaks me out. Yeah. But other times I'm all like, man, I wish I, I wish I was built that way. Yeah. I wish I had that freedom in me to, to do that. I right. don't. Maybe that's just a hang-up I have. I, I don't think it's a hang-up. I think that's the way that you work. Because I'm the same way. Like, it, I was upset one time I was in church, and I was next to this guy, and he was gigantic. I mean, he's six foot six and well over 300 pounds, just a huge guy. And he's worshiping, right? He's worshiping, and he's getting down, and he's singing the songs. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's like, wow, I'm having the best time ever. And I'm like, man, I'm not enjoying this. And, and more importantly, I'm not worshiping right now because you're like spilling over onto me. It's like, is it wrong that he's doing that? Or is it just, we need more space? Well, is it, is it really, is he really caught up in worship in that moment? Or is he really hoping that everybody looks at him? And goes, that guy's so holy. Look what he's doing. Well, I think that's obviously a possibility. Yeah. I think if you're really caught up in worship and that's how you're worshiping, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a wonderful thing because I've been there before. I have been there before. Right. But I've also walked out of a church service that I was a part of, that same group, because Mm -hmm. the uh, worship team at the time was every hand in the air. Every eye closed. No. Every this, that, trying to coax people into worshiping how they want them to worship. Right. And after about 15 minutes of this, and I'm sitting there just, my blood pressure is going through the roof because I'm all like, okay, so if I don't do what everybody else is doing here, I'm not worshiping as good. I'm not, I'm not the Christian the rest of these people are. Right. So honestly, I got pissed and left. Yeah. A few hours later, I get a call from a friend first. Hey, what happened today? And I told them, and they're like, well, you need to talk to Pastor Yada about this. Uh, so a few minutes later, Pastor Yada calls me. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, what manifested in you today? <laughs> well, it was a spirit of anger yeah, over the, anger over the sure. nonsense I that was, was going on. Pissed off. Yeah. And he, why? And I'm all like, I don't need anybody to give me instructions on how to worship. Yeah. Lead us to the throne. Sure. Give us the words. Yeah. Give us the knowledge. Do your best to lead us to Jesus. Yeah. But then let the Holy Spirit do what he does in us. Yeah. If I'm not back here with my hands raised, it doesn't mean you're not doing your job right. Yeah. It doesn't mean you didn't teach a good sermon. It doesn't mean that the worship team ain't on point, ain't doing, maybe I'm just out here working this thing out in my head. Yeah. And I just need a minute to sit still and work this out in my head, which is mostly how I worship. I'm sitting there talking right. to God. Well, you're like, in your dude. own little prayer closet. Yeah, I'm know, like, man, uh, this is what we need to work on. Yeah. Or I'm being told what I need to work on. Right. So if I'm not flopping around on the floor like a chicken with his head cut off, man, why am I less holy? And that was my, uh, one of my big beasts with that whole little movement. Like I said, I got a lot of friends. Some of them are still in it, and I love those people. Yeah. I kind of hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there are but, folks in 
that movement that love Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Like they really do. They really love Jesus, and they think that's the way things are supposed to be. If that's not for me. I, I don't enjoy that. I never really enjoyed that. Um, just like you call the free worship, where people are just their hands up, and, you know, swaying and crying. And not that I've never felt the spirit in a, a service like that. But what I think is the 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 dividing line is somebody free worshiping and it's spilling on somebody else. Yeah, like interfering with yeah. somebody else. You know, I, yeah. I think that's not when it's it's not good at that point. Yeah. Regardless of what you feel like you're feeling, you can't affect somebody else. You know. Yeah, well, I think this is common courtesy. Like if you <laughs> yeah, if you know yeah. you're one of these worshipers that's going to flail your arms about stuff, yeah. you probably need to get out front at the altar and do your thing. Right. But, and that's cool if that's what you want to do. That's what you need to do. Yeah. Just be cautious. You know, you got somebody right beside you. They might be working some stuff out, and yeah. the human contact might send them over to edge. If they don't need me you, in the head in yeah, church. They yeah. don't need you slapping them in the back of the head. Yeah. So if I wanted to play play advocate on that like the opposite side of your 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 whole uh that so i don't what if the worship leader is not necessarily doing it for the christians who are already saved there and they're doing it for the the folks oh, who just came in you're opening up a whole different can of who, worms who, who are brand new to it who have never experienced worship like that and they're like okay well maybe this is a good way to kind of pl- tip my toe in the water of that and see where I land. If yeah. that's the kind of worship I am, if I'm the flailing on the ground or if okay. I'm holding the TV quietly yeah. in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> like I've always, when my hands are so, out, it's always kind of like this. So I yeah. think maybe it's all sides. I don't know what it is, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. See, see, see you're holding the big me. screen TV. That's, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah, I guess that's what that is. I'm getting ready to jump rope. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I can go there. I think, uh, okay, I don't have the answer for everything, and this might not be the right way to look at it. And I would assume if that's the the way you're thinking, then maybe, you, you, well, you definitely got a valid way of looking at it. Me personally, is if it's somebody's first time there, let's just give them the truth, get them introduced to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will guide them on how to worship. Um, that doesn't mean everything I just said is biblically the way that's just not concrete. Right, that's just right. my thoughts on how I think things should be. Yeah. If I was a pastor, which I do not want to be. Me neither. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you are one pastor. Yeah, right. That's probably uh, the way I would want things to be handled. Yeah. Well, that's and my thing has always been now you're talking people first time in your church or like, unsaved people? Both. Okay. So Let's people first both. time in your church. You just do what your church does. Okay. And if unsaved people come in, you just do what your church does. It, this hurts people's feelings when you go here. Church is not for unsaved people. It's for the saints. And the scripture says as much. In Hebrews, it talks about gathering together with the saints. Um, that's not to say that unsaved people aren't welcome. It's a hospital for the sick. Yeah, that's what we say, right? But it's it's... The church is for believers. The church is for empowering and equipping believers to go out and reach those people. It's not a verse in the Bible that's like, build a nice church and wait for everybody to show up. I tell my people all the time in church, please don't bring your lost friends to church so the pastor can get them saved. Like, that's not how it works. Like, 
you leave here with the gospel and take it out to them and meet them where they are and you talk pour about into it. people's lives. Exactly. You see their lives transformed. Yeah. They want a piece of what you're doing. You right. On a church. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't, you don't tailor a church service when you look out into the crowd and you go, well, there's a bunch of people I've never seen before. They're, they're new here. You know, they're not. So you just do what you do. Um, okay. I don't want to interrupt you. No, I'm just saying, and it runs some people off and some people go, Hey, that's really cool. I'm going back there again next Sunday. So it just, you know, so you as a, you preach every Sunday, you're a pastor Mm -hmm. now. What is your thoughts on people who I'd say, I don't know, more often than not, probably 80% of their sermons is get saved sermons. What do you think about that? There's so much more to scripture than that. And you should be able to point to Jesus from any point in the Bible. Well, who is it that said somebody, if you're trying to, if you're preaching to your church to get them saved every Sunday, you're not doing a good job. I can't remember. Some along those lines. Well, you shouldn't in church, you shouldn't have to say this very carefully. Salvation shouldn't be your, your soul. Yeah. Right. People should just be saved when they're in church. Like you should, that's why they're there because they, they know Christ. Um, but uh, yeah, there's so much more to the Bible. It is called than, a gathering of believers. The get right. That means exactly. it's already insinuated. Everybody's here. We all we're all on the same page about right. Jesus, right? Yeah. So yeah, I get that. So yeah, you're not. You know, it's not about salvation. Preach the gospel, and that takes care of itself. You know, when when if there's somebody who comes in that doesn't know Christ and they hear the gospel, you know, and it, it may be, I've never ever ever witness somebody come to Christ in the first conversation about the Bible or about God or, or any, oh, I you know, for sure didn't. Yeah. It just, it never happens. You don't just go, Hey, here's just Jesus thing. And this is what the Bible says. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm in, let's do it. Jesus all the way. It just doesn't work that way. So you just preach the gospel. And sometimes you find the gospel in Genesis and sometimes you find it in Romans and sometimes, you know, but from, from Genesis to revelation, the Bible points to Jesus from both directions. That's the awesome thing about it. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like, you know, there, there are plenty of, of important things to preach. I know pastors, I don't know so many anymore. I'm sure there's some out there, but I knew people way back when that preached like end times, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we talked about the end times and this is what the Bible says about the end times. And like, well, that was, it was 40 years ago, you know, <laughs> like Obsess- as obsessive as I am, I don't want to hear. I've already studied that to, uh, you know what well, I mean? That, so many people get it wrong. And I think a lot of pastors stay away from it because they, they don't do. understand it and they don't want to be wrong about it. And that's great. Don't ever preach about something you're not sure about. Exactly. Because you know? then yeah. you, you get it wrong. There's scripture about that and it ain't good. Yeah. You, know? you don't want to deliver a false message. Yeah. But. I mean, I guess I think, I remember uh, my mom had went to a church service one time that she had went to the church a lot of times. And this one particular Sunday, I don't know what was going on with the pastor, but he didn't do altar call. Mm. Um, I guess he just glazed over it that Sunday. I don't know. We'll never do one Man, here. Maybe but. there was a football game. To watch. I don't know yeah. what the reason was. It might've yeah. been a very good one, but either way, my mom decided it was her duty to go tell him that you skipped altar call. Well, if there was somebody that never came to this church before and they were ready to yeah. accept Jesus today, but they didn't get the chance. Yeah. Because you didn't have altar call. While on one hand, you know, everybody here don't know the story of my mom, but that gives me like a little glimmer of hope. Yeah. That she had some knowledge yeah. of Jesus. Of course, I, I know she did. But on the other hand, I'm all like, if altar call is what's keeping you from going to Jesus. <laughs> 
you probably need to study a little Spurgeon, more. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon made a point about that. People ask him. He, did, he didn't do one. That's a relatively new thing. Like, we're, we've been doing altar calls for, like, 50 or 60 years. It's like, it's not an old thing. Well, I feel like if you are going to do it or you're yeah. not going to do it, yeah. you need to get your church team on the same track. Yeah. Because I remember one time. It shouldn't be a surprise. It, well, <laughs> well, you should get everybody on the same track of how we're going to handle this. Yeah. Because... On my first few years of, you know, I, when I first got saved, I jumped right in there. You know, yeah. I was a part of the ministry, the creative right, team, right. this whole, had a key to the building, all that stuff. Well, I remember one time I uh, brought this guy back because back then the, the training yeah, or the discipleship I had had was if somebody wants to get saved, just lead them like in a sinner's prayer. There right. was, I was never given a piece of paper with the prayer. It was just, well, it's because it's you're, nowhere. The it's nowhere prayers. in the Bible. So it's all, okay, so let's make one up. So yeah. it's, let's acknowledge our sin. Let's acknowledge we can't do anything about it, that Jesus can. We need him. We accept that he can do it. And ta-da, yeah, now you're saved. Yeah, right. So then you leave, so you lead somebody in this prayer and I do this. Right. Well, then my old buddy, if he's listening to this, I hope he is. I ain't going to say his name. But uh, he came in the room. He was somebody who did ministry with the time. I love him. There ain't no ill will when I say this. We came in the room, and he's all, we just got done. This dude's crying. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just did the, the sinner's prayer. And the dude comes in. He's about, well, you know, as soon as you raised your hand saying you wanted Jesus, you were saved out there. And I'm like, <laughs> We didn't have to go through all this. You know how awkward it was for me to lead this dude in his prayer, dude. Uh, like, thanks. You know, like, where were you at? Get your, team, get your team on the same on uh, the same track here. Now the the Spurgeon quote I was getting at was he said that uh, somebody I don't know why why don't you do an altar call? And he said, well, if it's if it's real on Sunday, it'll still be real on Monday. Come out my office and we'll talk about it. Right. You know? Which is that's my approach too. You've been to my church before. And we yeah. don't we don't do. Uh, and an invitation, an altar call, whichever you want to call it, because it's you know your thing is your thing, and uh, I'll talk to you about it. I'll stay after church, and we can yeah. talk and you know do whatever, or you can call me tomorrow and we'll talk about it, or you know. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I, I this is something that I deal with as far as I've been a part of the uh, the charismatic deal, and now not. I've done the go to the altar, lay mm-hmm. on your face yeah. before God and know that I had legitimate experiences doing sure. that. I really did yeah. find some Holy Spirit in that and experience uh, the Holy Spirit in that. But it's like that hasn't happened in so long for me. It's got me thinking whether, one, was I just having an emotional experience or was it a real deal? And if it was a real deal, why has it been so long since I've had that experience? So then you start questioning your walk. Yeah. I think that's the, I guess a long way about saying it is, I guess that's the problem with basing your faith on feelings. Yeah. On how you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like my go-to thing whenever me, you know, whenever my wife's worried about something or anybody close to me is worried about something. My go-to statement is we've came this far to not keep going further. Yeah. We've been okay through everything. So we'll be okay through this. Right. Um, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, um, we'll get to where we need to be when we need to be there. We gotta trust God. So well, if I don't have that feeling yeah, all the time, right. I have to trust in the truth. And the truth is, my feelings don't matter. Oh, just like that's in those, hurtful. Well, just like in those situations <laughs> when I'm talking to a loved one, I'm like, "What's yeah. the truth here?" Right. You're very worried about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. The truth is, when that worry is came and gone, you're still gonna be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you worried about it right now? Man, you know, there are preachers that I listen to 
because they hurt my feelings. Paul Washer, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you knew who I was talking that's, that's about. That's why I like He him. steps on my toes. I don't like the way it makes me feel, but it's good for me. You I know? think so, too. And I don't necessarily agree with every single thing he says, sure. theologically speaking. But, yes, the, the vibe he brings is needed for anybody to have yeah. any kind of real well, growth. He's got the the right balance, I think, between the passion that he has and the fire that he has when he's preaching, because the message is important, but it's not it's not just frivolous, like silly emotion. Well, he's the one that stands on let God's word do what it do. Right. You know what I mean? Quit yeah. fluffing it up. Yeah. Nobody needs to hear about your feelings about the matter. Right. They need to hear the word of God. Yeah, he's not up there with a PowerPoint and a video illustration and, so, and props on stage, and he's just preaching the gospel. And, you know, I hope I'm a tenth of that that kind of preacher, you know, but it's... Uh, he's not doing series. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's feeling that. Well, either. we do a series at our church. We start in chapter one, verse one, and we go through the end of the book. I don't know if, that, if that's the same thing or not. I don't think but, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think that's the way it should go. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't be like, my church is way better than everybody else's, but it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's we just we just try to have church and not make it something like that it's not. I you guys' church. I completely agree with why y'all do everything the way y'all do it. Yeah. I can find no fault in it. That's why we do it that way. You know, what I mean? in that, hopes that yeah, nobody says, "Well, I can't find you guys read too much scripture, or you pray too many times." You know, like, okay. Well, the songs y'all sing are out of the Bible, right? <laughs> so there's no chance of screwing that theology. Up. I can't mess it up, man. Oh man, there's no songs in there about me though. Well, you know, <laughs> we we sing the Psalms, and an argument that I got not long ago was, "You never say the name of Jesus in a song." I go, "Well, no, we don't." But every one of these songs is about Jesus. Jesus. So it's not like there's never any doubt. You think Jesus is up here like, dude, they didn't even say my name in the song. Is it even really about me? Nothing. (laughs) We got this. I mean, God is a jealous God, so to speak. You know, it's in there. I mean, (coughs) I think he means like that. Yeah, yeah. But hey, say my name in that church service. I am totally not going to bless those guys. (laughs) I mean, as long as it points to him his name should come up you know especially when you're like we're in the book of matthew right now in church we're like it's gonna come up. yeah we're in the middle of like four pages of red letters so it's just it's jesus talking uh but that's how it should be you shouldn't you, you also like we were talking about earlier you can't sing a song that you can take jesus out of and put my boyfriend in and it just be a love song <laughs> you know and Man, the hate mail you know, from man. this episode. Don't people, ask me. people bring out the the knives. Don't ask me why I know this. Song. But South Park made that. No, I was about to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting over here dying. Like South Park yeah. did this on the opposite way. I always look and see you got this thing in your head and you want to say it. I, I'm not. I'm Cartman just, took love songs, songs and, and put the, Jesus and in put it. Jesus and, in it and became a sensation, a hill song sensation. Man. Ah, it was great. I'm, <laughs> I'm so mad at you guys because I'm gonna have to go watch that now. I hadn't. Oh man. But that's that's what they do though, they, right? They point out the truth regardless if you like it or not. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. I hadn't watched an episode since they killed the chef, which is probably for the best. Oh, you're way but, back. You're, oh, yeah, you're, yeah, hundred years ago. But now I'm gonna have to watch that episode <laughs> for research this? purposes. I, d- I bet you will not find another Christian podcast where they openly admit that they've watched some South Park. Man, 
They'll probably get ran out of town. I'm going to get fired next Sunday. They're going to run me out of here. <laughs> You're doing it as research. They're <laughs> saying so doing right. it as research. Research purposes. I got to yeah. find out what we're fighting against. Here. Oh, man. Well, I do. I've got a, uh, I've got a Quran at my house. I've got a Book of Mormon. Um, I got some other holy book that's in a different language, and I don't know what it is. It might be Bible, for all I know, but it's... Uh, oh, the Quran. So... Well, for the point I'm getting at is research purposes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've read all these things. I used to have, well, you had a Jehovah Witness one. Yeah, yeah. And all that. Back in the day, I had a Mormon. A Bible, Bible with the apocryphal books in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I got all those things. So I can watch an episode of South Park, right? And see what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, this, though, this is why people listen to this podcast because it's. Yeah, we get off the rails just a little bit. It's real. It's, it is. It's uncut. That's the idea, though. That's what I was explaining a minute ago. We just <laughs> we're just trying to be who we are, and let people know that uh, we're we're human too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not that we, I don't know, we shouldn't watch South Park like we just shouldn't. No, we really to. shouldn't. But <laughs> we probably shouldn't watch. I'd say ninety nine percent of stuff. We oh, watch. for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, we're just we're folks, and we do people. I always say people do people stuff. Yeah, but that's who we are. We're still we're trying to kill our sin every day, and uh, it's a constant battle. And sometimes we lose, but it's still, more often than not I lose. That's fair, I think. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that before we came, or before I came when I was at home getting ready for it. Is the whole, what I'd mentioned earlier about how so on fire last mm-hmm. week. And I'm all like, man, maybe I'm not going to be as good today because I'm not as on fire as I was yeah, that day. Right. Oh, man, relax. Take it easy. That's it. Quit taking yourself so seriously for one thing. Um, and just relax and let it be. That's what I like about your uh, your Calvinistic viewpoint. It's very appealing to me. You know, the whole... We talk about it, man. <laughs> God, God will bring who he brings. Yeah. You know, he'll have mercy on who he has. It's all in there. So, yeah. yeah. I'm not ready to be a Calvinist, but we got you on like three points though, right? I mean, yeah. out, out of the five. Yeah, so I would say, I would right, say so. You got me fair. on most of them. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it's also my opinion that nobody has it all right. Right. So, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, that's what, that was funny. I, I got into Calvinism and I was like, well, this is it. I got it all figured out now. And then I read, I'm reading the Institutes by Calvin, you know, the Institutes of the Christian Religion, which is this book, man. It's, it's crazy. Um, but then I was like, wait a minute, I don't agree with that. And it wasn't Calvinism, like the soteriology. It was some different stuff altogether. I was like, I don't agree with that. And then I've read, you know, I always study Matthew Henry when I'm preparing for a sermon. And I get to a point where I read something he said, and I go, well, I don't agree with that either. You know, but we don't agree with everybody on everything. No, I'm constantly changing yeah. my beliefs. Yeah. I mean, not, I won't say I got my core beliefs, no Jesus. Yeah, you have your convictions. The Trinity, you know, yeah. no Trinity ain't in the Bible. Right. But I believe in that yeah. system. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus paid for our sins. That core stuff, I believe, is the important stuff. Yeah. Everything else is fluff and fun. Right. For the most part. There's some stuff in the Bible that's not fun. But yeah. a lot of this is just speculation until we meet the man face to face again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But... I think about all that stuff all the time. Yeah. It consumes me. Yeah. All the time. It should. My theology, my whatever, my guilt. Mm -hmm. You know, this, we know what works. 
as Christians, yeah. anybody that's been in the faith long enough knows what works. Right. We know. Not going to do it. You might. You're held accountable a little more. You're a pastor. Yeah. I almost wish that I was in a ministerial type role again, just so it would force me into being a little more. We obedient. can make it happen. Nope. <laughs> I said almost. Almost. I said almost. Well, let me know one of these days when you get ready. Well, but I'm constantly moving over all this. Yeah. Stuff, all you the have time. to be. Yeah. You have to be. Yeah. And I never feel like I got it all figured out. Yeah. But I'm always worried. That I'm not going to get it figured out in time. Right. So it's like, I don't think that necessarily, I don't think that feeling comes from God. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because you're, I mean, you understand that you're saved, right? As far as what we think about. Absolutely. And, I and if, I, well, if, if I believe scripture, yeah, scripture gives me two things I got to do. Right. Is believe in God. Love him with my whole heart. Yeah. And love my neighbor. Yeah. We're still working on that second one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the time. We're all working on that second one. Yeah. And working that out and fear and trembling. Got that part down. Yeah. I'm good at fear and trembling. (laughs) My my downfall is my curiosity. Right. I will look into just about anything, which I think is good to a point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I ain't going to sit here and tell you that everybody should go down the road I've went down because I'm. Like I said, I've been the hippie Christian. I've well, done, God sent you down that road, right? Well, I don't so know I mean, if he sent like... me down the road to do the the uh, the hippie drugs. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's our flesh, right? <laughs> the things that, we were... that put you in other dimensions. I'm not really sure that God sent me on that uh, path. <laughs> but that path definitely sent me back to God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's, been, that's like one of my downfalls has always been the curiosity. Right. That's why I read. A lot of stuff. Uh, my my personal belief is I do believe in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I do believe I've said it before. I do believe a lot of information is being held from us. I believe you can read some other stuff and get some insights. And I like the yeah. book of Enoch stuff like that. I'm I really like that one. Um, but I'm just very curious, and I'm always trying to work it out. Maybe if I'd quit consuming so much media, well, I could get some stuff ironed out a little yeah, more. Right? We spend too much time doing you know things that aren't reading the Bible. But it's, you know, like you said, you have those core things, and it's important that we not get hung up on things that aren't core things. Learn, read the Bible. Yeah. There's nothing in the Bible that God doesn't want us to know about. Yeah. You know, so people are like, well, I look at that, and I can't make sense of it, and I think, well, maybe God just don't want us to know on this side of heaven. He does, or he wouldn't have put it in the book. But it's not something to lose sleep over either. You yeah. You work out your salvation. That's the most important part, right? And And they're... His disagreement on whether he chooses us or we choose him. He we choose. I mean, he chooses us. Is how it goes in the book. But there's disagreement on that, right? But then we come together knowing, like we're we're both believers. We're both saved, regardless of which one of these two camps you you find yourself in. Um, but there's no sense, you know. It's not gonna. <clears throat> there's a, a cessationist movement that says, you know, the the op- apostolic gifts are they they've stopped, right? We're not laying hands on people and healing them and, and speaking in tongues and all these things anymore. Um, but that's not an issue that gets you into or out of heaven. That's kind of been my right? way of looking at it for quite some time now yeah. is there's, there's heaven or hell beliefs, which is all boils down to Jesus. Right. Yeah. Primary it's, stuff. It's boils down to Jesus. Yeah. And then there's the fluff and fun. Yeah. There's the things that we're going to try to figure out. Right. Right. More than likely there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to find out one day. Oh man, I was wrong about that. But I, it's not going to be one of them deals where, 
God's like, hey, you were wrong about the whole, you know, full <laughs> yeah. submersion or sprinkle baptism. Thing. Right, right. To hell yeah. you go. Yeah. It's not going to be like that. Right. But it's fun. I like to, to yeah, look into this stuff. Yeah, and you should. Yeah. Um, it's not that it's not important. It's not salvation. Yeah. You know, so that's something. Well, like I said, that, they, they broke that down pretty easy. Yeah. As far as getting salvation. Yeah. It's, it's really easy. Yeah. Um, well, we say it's really easy. Well, the concept, right? The concept is really easy. Yeah. We, on no shape or form, have gotten real well at loving our neighbor. Yeah, we're terrible at that, which was the first 30 minutes of the episode tonight, right? Was Yeah, well, that's what it all boils down to. Yeah. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to enslave them. Yeah. If you love yeah. your neighbor, you know, if we break down all the commandments with that one. If you love your right. neighbor, you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to, you know, sleep with their wives. and Yeah. And stuff like that, you know. And if you love God, then you have to love your neighbor. I mean, so it's like you if, we're, if we're not being good to our neighbor, do we truly love God? No. I mean, that's what it boils down to. And that's not to say that we don't love God. We don't always prioritize, even as believers, our love of God. Um, you know what scares me more than anything? Is standing before God and learning about all the people that didn't get saved because of me. Man, that's a heavy load to carry, right? It's truth. Yeah. It's bound to be true. How many people have I turned away from God being who I am? Oh, man. With my mouth, my attitude, yeah. the actions I've done before. Well, I because you're a Christian, right? And the Christians yeah. don't act like that. Oh, I've I've been a fool. Uh, yeah, I've been a idiot. Yeah, several times. A lot. Uh, I've done some very regretful things. There's a lot of people out there that don't have good opinion to me. Right. Um. They don't know me now. They have an opinion of me, however many years ago. Right. But that's something that I think about all the time. Yeah. Yeah. As I said earlier, my mind stays a hundred miles an hour until I fall asleep, and it goes right back to a hundred when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. It's that whole anxiety. Yeah, and well, then there's some there's some merit there on some level because you are aware of all these things. And am I am I loving my neighbor? And if I'm not loving my neighbor, am I actually loving God? And if I don't love God, am I really saved? And then if I'm not really saved, then what have I got to do? You know. And so you get on this stream of conscience. But you're. It's not that we should doubt our salvation if we know we believe that we're saved and all those things. But at the same time, we're not supposed to just sin. Because we can get away with it. Like, well, I'm saved. I can send Paul talks about that, you know. Yeah. Should we carry on sinning so that grace can cover more sins? Well, of no. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, but it's not like, I don't know, don't stay up at night thinking, well, I don't understand well, I think know, it, whatever. So I think it's Holy Spirit sometimes, though. Cause yeah, yeah. A lot of the times it's, I'll think the scripture says you'll be judged by how you judge. Well, I'm judging the Duplantis. Yeah. I'm judging the Osteens. Yeah. Right. I'm sitting here passing some judgment on these guys of being fake teachers. Yeah. And then I get reminded of, well, how many people have you turned from Jesus because of how you treated them? So so they've done millions or thousands, maybe millions. Maybe millions, yeah. I've done a handful. Yeah. Which is plenty. Right. Okay. So let me ask you this. And so like, let's... So this will tie into to our first topic of slaves. Um, what's your how you feel on First Corinthians nine nine nineteen, which is um, I have it right here. 
Though I'm a free man and belong to God, I choose to make myself a slave that I may win others for Christ. So I became a Jew, I became a Jew to win Jews. I became a person under the law to win people under the law. So, so I mean, it, how you feel about that? Like, because you got to become at some point what you're. Well, I think you're trying says to. I became. I become pretty much anything to anybody. Yeah. I become what they need or whatever. I don't know. All things. So all so. That old you that was not the greatest, but you can still have a little shred of that, I feel, and go back and win those people back. Because oh, that, yeah. that makes you you, right? But you're still serving them yeah. in that slave mentality. So I guess that's where it ties into some of well, that feeling. On when the you talk about a, a slave mentality, you're talking about humbling yourself and going back to these people now and going, yeah. hey, I was wrong then. And this, in yeah, the meantime, see, you see what I'm cooking is what God <laughs> no, 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 has done no, no. for me. I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think as far as like that actually playing out, I don't have a list of people in my head. <laughs> His that name I'm all, is not. Oh, I've done this to Derek and this it, to Jeffrey. Right. It's just I know I'm. Yeah, I yeah. know the life I've lived. Right. I know sure. that yeah. I've rubbed some people sideways. Yeah. And I've more than likely. Well, I would say almost 100% have made people go, Chris says he's a Christian, but he ABC'd. Right. And there's no argument against that. Yep. Yeah. Chris ABC'd all right. 100% did that. Yes, I'm a Christian. And yes, I screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really like, have an active list. Like if the Holy Spirit convicts me, <laughs> I wasn't some, asking for I an have, active list. Uh, I was just asking I have thoughts done on that. It. Like if something gets brought to my attention that I need to apologize for, I feel like I'm pretty good at doing yeah. that. Um, I do. Man, that whole making ourselves a slave thing though, that can be pretty heavy. Yeah, that's but that's, it's that that's getting outside of our own wants and desires and doing what God would have us to do. God, I suck at that so I'm, bad. I, yeah, I'm yeah. bad at it. Yeah. I suck at that really bad. Well, it's the same as... I'm, my wife will probably... I don't, just don't listen to it in front of me. Of course, she won't. But she's probably going <laughs> to say, amen. I'm very selfish. Yeah. I'm selfish with my time. I'm selfish yeah. with what I do. I mean, I'm very... I'm selfish to the point of everything I know that I need in order to be a better me. I'm too selfish to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it involves letting <laughs> other people in. Right. Best thing I could do is be around somebody like you three or four days a week. But oh, I get man. off work, I want to go home. Yeah, I want well, to yeah. sit on my tail until it's time to go back to work. I want to put my feet up, play Fortnite a little while, go to, you know, yeah, we'll do Call whatever. of Duty. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do my thing, and then I want to go to bed. Right. Yeah. But I know that if I would be obedient to uh, the gathering and the whole iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. thing, and actually pursue that, oh, yeah, that'd be way better. That's but hard I'm, though, right? That's hard, and hard things aren't fun. Our things aren't fun. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to study, you know, 20 hours a week and get ready for a sermon. I would rather do, uh, myself would rather do other things. Well, I feel know, like but... I, I have no, uh, I have no speed control because I'm rather 100% getting it <laughs> yeah. or I'm 100% McDonald's it. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's how my, that's how my health has been like yeah. you know i i did this whole training deal and ran a 5k mm. and i was running like five six days a week on treadmill all this kind of stuff well, yeah. i hurt my back 
I could go back to running now, but I haven't. You haven't. Because yeah. I've gotten out of the practice and out of the discipline of doing it because yeah. of the injury. I use this excuse. The excuse has been over with for a month. I've right. been able to go back and run again for a month now. I haven't ran one time is because it, I've got out of the practice of doing it. Is it appropriate to mention David Goggins on this podcast? <laughs> Maybe that's an all-fair thing. Well, if you want to mention why I ran a 5K, then yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I read his first book, got pretty fired up about it, and then – uh I started going through it again, and that's I've always wanted to run a five. I knew, like, when you discovered yeah. him, you were like, "Hey, have you ever heard of this guy before?" And I was like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. And I try not to because I feel like a sissy sitting on the couch. Well, I got I, I got a second book sitting by my recliner now, and I've uh, read about five pages. Of yeah, it. And yeah. And I keep yeah. putting it off because I know when I pick it up. I'm going to be right back out there. And I need to. Yeah. I need to, but we ignore what we need to do. So right. Bad. Now, it's it's not just running 5Ks, but yeah, it's our entire life, especially our spiritual life. We ignore the things that we don't want to do, the things that aren't fun. Well, like I said earlier, we know what works. Yeah. We know what works. Yeah. You remember, what was it, eight, nine months ago, like when I had fasted? Mm-hmm. I was sending new scriptures every day. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was on fire. Yeah. I was like, dude, just check this out. I was having all this insight yeah. because I had, you know, fasted and was reading the Bible every single day. I felt phenomenal. Yeah. My health journey was on track too. Like it made me obedient everywhere. Right. Why don't I make myself do that every single day? Because I know it works. Yeah. I know it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. 15 more minutes of TikTok. Right, Before I go to bed. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> or when you first, you know, when you first wake up. That's that's always been my best time. Like when I would do things like that most consistently is when I do it first thing in the morning, and then that just becomes part of your routine until you don't do it one day, and then you don't do it a second day. Before you know it, it's been two weeks since you've done it, and then it's been a month, and then you know, however long, and you go, well, I know, like my life was better when I was doing that when I right. took that. 10 or 15 minutes in the morning you know before i did anything else and i read some scripture and i prayed and i just had some time with god and i just hung out and did you know focused on him and what his plan was for my life and what i was reading about and that just made my whole day better and not that you know it was sunshine and rainbows and money fell out of the sky or whatever but my no, day was better. Joel, <laughs> you're right yeah. <laughs> it fall out of the wall uh, i mean you uh consistency yeah. Is the key is what they all say. Consistency yeah. and discipline. In anything. Well, yeah. We've got we've got the easy part done now. Yeah, right. Now we know what to do. We've yeah. got it figured out yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. But I've had it figured out time it. and time again for the last twenty something years. Yeah. And still keep you know, why is our uh, default so lazy? Oh man. Like we made it out of the jungle not having to fight lines for our food anymore. <laughs> right. And now we can't hardly get off the couch. Well, I, I think that kind of ties back into where, where you were, where you got the, the top cat, the CEO, who doesn't know what hard work is anymore. Yeah. We so all we, we've all become that level. CEO. We do, we do kind you of become... You get fired from your jobs talking about your CEOs <laughs> on a podcast like this. <laughs> but that's, well, you, you've become that My boss now. will definitely listen to the podcast, <laughs> and he's, he's cool. He ain't going to be worried about nah. that. But uh, we definitely become the CEOs of our lives. Yeah, real. we try to be anyway. Hey. We or our wives do, but yeah, we all try to become more important. We all want to feel important. Well, that's fun, right? When you feel important, when you can get up on stage and go, everybody raise your hands, and they do it. Like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe that is a power thing. Maybe that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> it might be. I don't it know. It might be. 
I don't know. I mean, it's it can't hurt, right? Like, but then it ends up being an ego thing, and it's been funny here at my church. Um, within the last four or five months, I've had buddies come visit a couple guys that I train with, um, some other people, some people that I've known for a while. They they come, and I've got an elder that preaches occasionally, once every fourth or fifth week. He'll preach. And it always works out that they come on those weeks, right? But what I what I realized later on is, if I'd have gotten to preach to my buddy, he'd have heard me talk, and what a, you know, he might have found out what a great preacher I'm not. But uh, might have found out what a great preacher I am, and and inflated my ego a whole bunch. And but God like rescues me from myself in those moments, and. But the only thing worse than that is inviting your friend to church, and that's when y'all have that one yearly tithing sermon. Oh man, that's the <laughs> that's the best one. You invite you got to try to tell your friend the whole time. Look, we don't preach about money every uh, week. Yeah. it's just the week before Easter. They're trying to get right, the building fund up. Everybody's coming next week. Yeah, we gotta, we're trying to get the building fund up. So you know, bring uh, everybody next week. We're just trying to pay rent around here. It's a building fund. The, <laughs> The cemetery fund, the flowers, the what else we got? I don't know. Committees for committees and, you know, bless our hearts. We do a bunch of stuff. But uh, well, speaking yeah. of corporations, that's what the church has become. It Ooh, is. Corporate it church. Is. That's tough, man. Corporate church. I mean, that's kind of what we have now. First deacons meeting I ever sat in, um, the guy that opened us up with prayer said, you know, Lord bless us and what we're doing today and guide us. And as we, conduct the business of the church and he was i know i know he was he was right i know the guy i know where his heart was coming from he was right that's what we were doing because we were talking that day we were going to talk about hiring a company to come in and cut down some trees and you know stuff but when he said the business of the church like it just flew all over me and i wanted to be like well stop the press you know let's talk about the business of the church he wasn't but, wrong. No, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. And every month we write a check for our rent, you know, and we talk about how we're going to spend our money and, you know, but that's the business well, th- of the church. Well, I think the the difference here is there's business in the church mm-hmm. that needs to be taken care of. And then there's churches being ran like businesses. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. yeah. The difference is you've got, if you have a space and people occupying that space, there's going to be some business to take care of. Right. I mean, do we have anywhere for them to sit? Do we have wheelchair access? Do we have all these things? Which you don't. You don't we have don't. wheelchair We're access. There's compliant here. You have to have a miracle to get We're in this church. We're getting a door cut in over here, and they're going to bring from street level. From oh, the street street the window. Back there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's running churches like a business, and yeah. I won't mention any of those either. But I we know them who because, they are because they're family ran businesses. Yeah. Every full time paid person on staff is family yeah that's tough it's it rubs me the wrong way that's why i'm not there yeah you know and you see that happening a lot we live in a small town man we do <laughs> and we, do. we know them i know i know i was thinking these people these churches I mean, respe- these... respectfully i'm not gonna openly bash anyone because yeah, i know for sure. a fact there's a lot of people that go to uh, any church that i can really pick a beef with I know there's people there that love Jesus and are going to heaven or doing right. the best they can to spread the gospel. Right. So it's not all wrong over there. Yeah. yeah. It's just there's certain things I can't ignore. There's certain things I can't get past. So yeah. I just choose not to be a part of it. Well, and that's the that's the safe bet, right? I feel like, well, that's, you know, 
that's not for me. I see these things, especially if I see these things and I see scripture and they don't match up. Like it's, it's time for me to have a conversation about fixing these things or find the door. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not that we should leave church every time something upsets us, but if there's something that you just can't get past, something you see that's no, wrong. I had, I had those conversations. Yeah. You know, yeah. we had talked during all that and I feel like I handled it the best way I can. Yeah. I, uh, you know, and I, I think that's, that's what gets me to thinking what I said earlier about we're all going to go to the same heaven. Yeah. How awkward is it going to be? Because there's a lot of these people <laughs> that I run into from churches I've went to. And when I see them, they don't even say anything. Mm. It's like we were brother and sister. Right. Right. This amount of time ago. Yeah. But now that I don't go to the same building you do every Sunday, well, now I'm the bad guy. Yeah. I pointed yeah. out faults in a system you're a part of. <clears throat> And nobody wants to believe that anything they care about or are a part of is anything wrong with it. It's like right. if Uncle Joey goes to Don't prison. Say Joey, that's your pastor now. Oh, not him. <laughs> I ain't talking about him. <laughs> no. Joey ain't gonna hurt nobody. But no, I'm saying if your, un- if your Uncle Joey, yeah. you know, killed somebody drunk driving, well, now all of a sudden drunk driving ain't that big of a deal, is it? Uh, that's your Uncle Joey. Right, right. Uncle Joey right. don't need to be in prison his whole life. That's because it's my, no, Uncle Joey yeah. made a dumb decision yeah. and needs to pay a dumb decision, thing, but just because we're involved in it, we don't want to think there's it's anything wrong with different it. different thing, yeah. So, mm. and that's the way I get looked at Why well, you know, you're running these people. Some of them are nice, some of them ain't, you know, whatever. If you can't part ways amicably and i don't know maybe it's not amicably at the time maybe you're mad at each other and you got to leave church um but you're still brothers you don't stop being a brother or sister in christ no that's not about the awkward church. part of yeah it is some you know people I mean? think that though some people are like well i ain't talking to him anymore because he don't go to whatever yeah. church name anymore and that's tough you know it shouldn't be like that it's weird yeah it's yeah. the business side of church yeah we have to be loyal to yeah. this building. It's like I was raised with hardcore Harley and Chevrolet. Yeah. Everything. If you had a motorcycle, it had to be a Harley. Mm-hmm. If you had a vehicle, it had to be a Chevrolet. Yeah. You know, and eventually I stepped back and I'm all like, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. First of all, Chevrolet or Harley ever gave me anything. Right. I've had to pay for every one of both of them I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Where is this stupid sense of loyalty, Where is this loyalty coming from? from? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying we shouldn't be loyal to our brothers and sisters, but we should quit looking at our brothers and sisters that go to a different building as not in the same family. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's almost like a mafia mindset. Yeah. It's like we're all part of the same organization, but this is my family. The five families. Yeah, and the, but yeah. this is my family over here. You handle your family over right. there. Don't start and that. Don't be nothing. <laughs> well, I learned a ton about building loyalty, like structure loyalty for a, a church in 2011. I lived in Cartersville, and there was a church called the Church of the Covenant, and it got demolished by a tornado. There was nothing left. Like, it wasn't like, well, this part of the building's still good and we'll build back. It was a slab. Level. It was gone. Um, they didn't have a church anymore, a church building. But they started meeting in a, a school, like, cafeteria for a while. And they met, like, in a warehouse and a couple other places. And they ended up in a really nice building out on the highway. Um, but they decided that it was more important to be the church than it was to have this building. Like the building wasn't the end of their their unity. And in, in the meantime, they they lost people. 
and they understood. Well, I, we're not, you know, it's they. There was a time they didn't meet a few weeks, and then it was inconsistent because they didn't have a place. Um, so they they lost folks, and they were good with that because folks wanted to go to church, but they ended up gaining people in the process too. So it's you know it's been a it's been a, a journey for them. You know, twelve years later, but uh, they they weren't fixed on that one. Like this is our building, this is our church. Cause it disappeared one day. And then if you're yeah. so wrapped up in your structure and it's gone one day, well then what have you got? So it turned out they still had Jesus and uh, that was enough for them. But That's beautiful. Yeah. It was cool. The ones that stuck it out. Yeah. They worked out for them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they probably it. worked out for the people that left too, but yeah, it, I'm it, sure it was cool for the, the group that stayed together, stayed yeah. together and they were probably closer when it was all said and done. Sure. Yeah. No, and I, I learned a, another lesson from actually from my jiu-jitsu coach, Jason. He was talking to another gym owner who was like, I got people leaving. What do I do? Should I try to get them back or, you know, whatever? And he was real tore up about people leaving. And Jason said, well, if they leave, if they go to a different place, they're where they need to be. And I thought, well, what does that look like in church? You know, we shouldn't leave a church just because we get upset about, you know, one thing yeah. or another. You got to have a pretty good reason or should have a pretty good reason to leave a church. But if somebody has a good reason and they leave, or if somebody doesn't, especially if they don't have a good reason and they leave, well, then, like, wherever they go, that's where they need to be, you know? Well, like I'll tell you this. I've never seen, uh, and oh, it just is what it is. I've never seen a church leader be confronted with their downfalls and it go well. Yeah. Never, ever. Yeah. Um, on one occasion, the, the property was in the dude's name. So when he got called out and they wanted to maintain the church, it mm. was, uh, I'm going home and taking my ball with me. Oh. And they're like, well, we're still the church here. Right. And he's like, Oh, it's in my name. Ain't nobody doing church here no more. Oh. And I mean, I've, I've heard of that happening way more too. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I know for a fact that it's happened to at least a couple that I've been a part of where yeah. it finally gets time to people to confront the issues. And then when I get confronted, the leaders, it's like, Nope, my ball, man, we're going to play the way I want to play. I'm like, oh. we don't own the church. We don't. That's tough. Scripture gives us guidelines on how to run the church. Yeah. And I mean, and even if it's not that, it just seems common sense to me. But some, thing, some things seem common sense to me of how things should be ran and orchestrated and everything. Yeah. If you ain't got but one, we've, we already know from the model of uh, having a president of the United States that um, all this power to one person isn't a good idea. No, no it should it's be not. split up. It's not. Yeah. If anything, the like pastor shouldn't have anything to do with treasury. Right. That just erases a bunch of potential trouble yeah. right there. Um, but, and scripture tells us how, Things are supposed to be set up and things are supposed to be ran. But yeah. who follows that? Not hardly anybody. A lot of folks don't. A yeah. lot of folks don't. But then you get a church off the rails, like what you're talking about. And then the preacher has his name on the lease. Decides he don't want to play anymore. That's tough. I feel like I could talk about that for hours, man. Oh, we could. We could. We, it, me and you did an episode one time on just that subject. And we might have rehashed some of those things. But it's, you know, it's been a couple of years now. Yeah. I just, I think that uh, hmm, a lot of people will take themselves a little too seriously. 
And there's a lot of people that don't take themselves seriously enough. I More often than not, you got, a lot, you got one person that takes themselves too seriously. Uh, it's taking advantage of a lot of people that don't make, take themselves seriously enough. I should know. I should know the guys. It's a, a old theologian said that a, I think the best that a preacher can hope for is to share the gospel, die, and be forgotten. You know, so we're not to to raise up your replacement. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's not about hey, look at me, or look at this church that I built, or, you know, anything else. It's about the gospel. Um, it's important, and we're entrusted with it while we're here. But when we're gone, somebody else stands up in the pulpit and wears the suit and, and delivers the message. And it's, it's not like... Well, I kind of, I don't know, obviously, but I kind of feel that's the way the guys that wrote the Bible lived their lives. They were just yeah. hoping to make one more convert yeah. before they met their awful demise. Right. And my thing is, I just want to own this certain car before I die. How messed up is my <laughs> yeah. mind frame? You know what I mean? Right. These guys are just wanting to get one more convert so uh, that the church can grow a little bit more. You just want one more Harley Davidson? I, I don't really want, I want a Mustang right now. I don't want a Harley. But uh, I just want one more, you know, fun car. Yeah. And I'm all like, man, I'm so spoiled. Where's our priorities, right? Oh, what what are those? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's one of those things that we were talking about a minute ago that weren't very, you know, it's not my fun. My priority is whatever I want now. Right. And that's a downfall. Instant gratification. The uh, I used to teach with a guy that talked about the the microwave society and the, the instant pudding society. Oh, for sure. Get a lid off of it and you're good to go, you know. And, if it wasn't for my wife, I would have a brand new Corvette. Don't say it like but, that. No, hold on. <laughs> let me let me finish the thought. But thankfully, since I have a wife, I have a place to live. Hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah I don't have yeah. a vet, but I have a shower and clothes right, and right. stuff. So, so thank God for so that woman. A, you have a vet and you go, well, I got this vet. I'm not rich. I'm just irresponsible. Exactly. <laughs> I tell her all the time, like, sweetie, we need to vet. You know, you can sleep in a car you can't race a house i guess a mobile home <laughs> what kind of house are we talking about yeah. yeah you got that rv this is this is 23 this is the year of the rv that rv is not it gonna can, uh, handle like a it's Z06. not it doesn't corner well it's a, yeah how, how long we've been at this about two hours hour 47 Ooh, hour 47 Hey, it's been a good one, man. Yeah, I was concerned been. about filling up an hour just to talk about what I wanted to talk about, but we went off on a whole other tangent. We did, and, it and gave out. them thirty-one flavors of. I got a shout out pick. to uh, Jariah Tucker. His episode like changed my mindset about how I do, and I don't know if it's even visible in the episodes, but like I was about to end his episode about three different times, and he brought something else up, and I was like, well, let's just see where this goes. So that's been the mindset, and that's how you get to an hour and forty-seven. Is that where? Holy smokes! Don't be afraid of that. Yeah. So we just let—I just started letting it go. I was like, well, let's just see where it goes. And we started out with some subject matter that we'd kind of agreed on ahead of time. Well, I knew I wasn't going to be able to sit here and talk about that one thing for that long, so we we're going to have to branch off at some point. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we didn't just do a thirty-minute episode either. We just carried on and let it go where it went. Well, we need to make sure we don't hurt ourselves patting ourselves on the back right now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So I'm going to pat you on the back and, and talk about what a good guest you've been. And I knew, and I know that's what part of getting people on. We talked about earlier was getting the right people, but, uh, all good things must come to an end. Right. So we're going to jump off right here. We'll do it again sometime for sure. Probably pretty soon. Yes, sir.
But uh, God bless you guys. We love you. See you next time. Have a good one. Thank you for watching Burnham Podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.